0: Welcome everybody um, to this second part, to After Half Time. Um, I'm going to talk about Jeremiah today, as you're probably aware. Um, What you said, Carol, really set the scene for that, um, because Jeremiah is one of those people who went through a lot of suffering himself, um, and had had the job given to him by God, the unenviable job of exposing a lot of ugliness um, that was going on in... In the kingdoms at the time, so I want to talk about that. But I also want to talk about not just Jeremiah, but also the biblical prophets in general. The biblical prophets, if you read through them in the Old Testament, they all live within about a period of about 400 years or so. And a lot of them, um, there's, they're basically there's, they're known as what some of them are what's called the major prophets and some of the minor prophets. And Jeremiah and Isaiah. Um, people like that, are what's called some of the major prophets, and they lived roughly around the same time as each other. Some some people even think that Isaiah was a mentor of Jeremiah. Um, So I want to talk a bit about the biblical prophets in general, and what sort of characteristics they had as people, and what what their role was, and what their role wasn't as well. But before I start, um, let me just ask you guys, what do you think of Jeremiah? um, What do you think of? What comes to mind? Frog. <laughs> well, Todd, <laughs> Todd said that before, bullfrog, and I, I'd never heard that song. It sounds like a very—he played it to me before. It sounds a very '70s type song. Okay. So apart from a bullfrog, what else do you think, Jeremiah? What what comes to mind when you think of him?
1: A, a boy's
0: 29-11. Sorry, yeah. Jeremiah, twenty nine eleven. Can you quote that? hope in the future what were you saying jen
1: i I wish i hadn't said just jeremiah brings a boy's name
0: a boy's name yeah Yeah. and interesting i'll talk about that in a minute actually um
1: oh no you're serious aren't you um
0: i am serious i'm deadly serious no no. (laughs) No,
1: why is it that i keep coming up with all these things in church
0: it's good maybe someone's saying something to you maybe anything else think of Jeremiah. Bullfrog, uh, Jeremiah 29:11, boy. Okay. Jeremiah is often known as the weeping prophet. Um, it's tradition says that he he wrote obviously the book of Jeremiah. Um, some say he also wrote the books of Kings, First and Second Kings, and he also wrote Lamentations. Has anyone read Lamentations in the Old Testament? It's it's a book where, if if you're going through a depression. Um, or a, and you think no one understands, read Lamentations, because Lamentations was written by someone who was despairing. Um, you know, everything was, was doom and gloom and, and disaster, and Jeremiah, it says, wrote that book. And as Carol was saying just before during the break too, right in the middle of all that, Jeremiah has, has this famous verse in Lamentations where he says, do you want to say it Um, Lamentations 3.22 (laughs) sorry put you on the spot it's actually because I've forgotten it myself (laughs) anyone else quote Lamentations
1: 3.22
0: it's basically saying that um, he can trust in God his mercies are new every morning so and Jeremiah says that Lamentations, right in the middle of all this disaster and despair that he's feeling, um, is going on. So he's known as a as a weeping prophet, a prophet of doom, um, and people talk about you know um, you know there's, there's, there's these caricatures of the end of the world. They're often called a Jeremiah um, as well. So Lamentations, if you if you're feeling like no one understands what you're going through, read Lamentations, and it's great that. That sort of book is in the Bible, I think. It just, for me, it just shows the Bible's accessibility to real life. That, that you know, there's there's a God who understands, and the biblical writers went through all that stuff, too. Um, the thing about mentioning a boy, um, as, as Jen did before, Jeremiah was called of God to to begin his ministry. How old do you think he was when he was called? Ten. Ten. Any other guesses? Yes. Twenty. Twenty. He was 13, basically. So he was, he was a teenager. He was a boy. He was, was a boy. I
1: was going to say a teenager, but I wish <clears throat> I
0: had to say a teenager. <laughs> I'll just, just say it next time. He was, um, so he, he, was, he was a boy. And he also resisted God's call, saying that he's only a child, and he didn't know how to speak. That's in Jeremiah um, 1, uh, chapter, uh, verse 6, I think it is. So he's this, this prophet, this great figure that's called by God, and he resists it initially, saying he's only a child and he and he and he doesn't know how to speak. Where have you had that before? Oh, Moses. Moses. Yeah. So Moses said a similar thing. You know, I can't speak properly. Who am I? But again, um, God says that he, um, to Jeremiah as he did to Moses to go and speak, and He touches Jeremiah's mouth to place the word of the Lord there. To Jeremiah 1.9. Jeremiah lived at a time when. Jerusalem was about to fall to the Babylonian Empire, which is one of the greatest empires the world's ever known. Um, probably, be, you know, up until the, the Roman Empire at the time. So his ministry was active from um, right, roughly around 626 BC until after the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple, which was around 5... Well, that's in 587 BC. So around that at roughly time. So 600 years or so before the birth of Jesus. So it was a it was a very, very significant time in the history of God's people. You know, The fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, is a major time in, in the history of the people of God. So he was born into a time of violence, he was born into a time of power struggles, and a time where there was much uncertainty around the place, and also much injustice as well. And so Jeremiah was called by God to give prophecy of Jerusalem's destruction. Imagine you're called by God saying, Melbourne is going to be destroyed if, if you don't change your ways. Okay? You're probably going to be seen, you're probably going to be ostracized pretty quickly and, nice, nice. and, and see that you're crazy. Basically, Jeremiah was, was called by God to do this because Israel had been unfaithful to the laws of the covenant uh, that God had, had put in and had forsaken God by worshipping this other god, Baal. So the people of Israel had even gone as far as building altars to Baal in order to to burn their children in fire as offerings. So they'd gone that far. So Jeremiah warned that if the rulers continued to neglect God's desire for justice, the nation would fall to the Babylonian Empire. Okay. Israel had had deviated so far from God that they'd broken the covenant and causing, causing God to withdraw his blessings. And that's something I think... Um, just a little aside. I think a lot of Christians need to hear today when when we, they blindly support Israel, um, because support for Israel is often um, done because people think that God is, um, you know, is is Israel is God's people. But God is a God of justice, and and actually, God only will. Um, yeah, but basically, God wants wants justice to rule, and it's and it's. Where to do what Jesus did and support those who are oppressed. That's all I'll say about that at the moment. Jeremiah. It's to
1: go on. actually wasn't Israel.
0: Exactly right. Yep. So, yeah, so Jeremiah was guided by, guided by God to proclaim that the nation of Judah would be faced with famine, it would be plundered and taken captive by foreigners who would exile them to a foreign land, um, as you saying, Grant. Um, what the situation also was too that the kings at the time and their people neglected to care for the poor, the weak, and the sick, and they also exploited the poor to give money to the rich as well. And Jeremiah was going to speak out and did speak out about that. And he said all this stuff was going to happen to to the land if the people didn't change their ways. Now, when Jeremiah refers to the people, he actually was referring to the rulers um, of the people. The rulers were the ones who led the people into idolatry, and that's what Jeremiah critiques. It was the rulers that Jeremiah was railing against. By by, they're not caring about the poor, not caring about justice, and just caring about stocking up wealth for those who are already rich. The rulers actually all, uh, actually tax the poor to give more money to the king and the king's friends as well. Well, my well, next point: there are striking similarities to what we see in the world today um, with that time as well. Jeremiah's message is: is if they don't change their ways, the nation will fall. So Jeremiah lived under a ruler who oppressed his people, who oppressed people wanted to come into his country, who oppressed women, and he lived under a ruler who didn't care for the orphans and for the needy. And we, yeah, we, we see that in a lot of places in the world today, and we think of, of certain countries, and we think of our own country as well. He also lived under a ruler who incited violence amongst his own people as well. Jeremiah was a person who who wept and yelled one of these I guess if you think of the stereotype of a prophetic prophetic figure is one of these people who was who, who yelled and, and screamed, but nobody would listen to his voice and I thought about that and you think, well when you think of Jeremiah, not a lot has changed you know I don't know about you but when you when you get on a get on Facebook you know and you, and you put on something put up something that's Serious about a certain issue or something, and you might get a few likes and a few comments. But you put up a, a photo of a, of a fluffy, cute dog, and all sorts of you know, you get all sorts of likes, and, and people love that stuff. And I all think sorts of it likes and comments. comments, yeah, you do. And it's, it's, um, I don't it, it, sometimes it frustrates me, I have to say, that um, we get likes about that sort of stuff, but um, we don't get much comment about issues that really matter. Your brain. Your brain. That's true, that's true. So when you think of this and think of the similarities to today's culture, today's society, in in, in our world today, who are some of the the Jeremiah's that you might think of? Are are there any that you can think of who who speak out prophetically and and how are they viewed by their culture and and by the church if they're Christian? Is there anyone you can think of, who might be thought of as a, a, a Jeremiah-type figure? Might not be anyone. Just... Um, he cop a lot of flack some years ago um, when he wrote a book. He
1: yeah, he's, he's, he's
0: got a book out now called What is the Bible? Um, yeah, and um, yeah, he's... But he, he got a lot of flack some years ago when he wrote a book called Love Wins, and yeah. um, a lot of his flack was caused before the book even came out, before people had even read it. So, um, anyone else you can think of? Uh, Richard, Dawkins. Richard Dawkins, you reckon? You reckon he um is prophetically speaking? house how so? Are you?
1: <laughs>
0: um. Okay. He's. He speaks about science. How about in terms of speaking to the culture? In a lot of ways. I think, um, yeah, Dawkins is a very, very smart man, very, very smart scientist. Um, He's also delved into a lot of areas which doesn't...
1: He's a very Um, smart man. What about the guys that are standing up for climate change? um, They, whether you believe them or not, they've got a voice out there that a lot of people will turn a deaf ear to. Now, they're not preaching Christ, of course, but um, they're still preaching a message to the world. Mm -hmm. It's not
0: interesting. I think a lot of prophetic figures um, are not necessarily Christian as well. They're ones that speak into the culture. and and have courage to speak out and they might be ridiculed for that as well.
1: The likes of Shane Claiborne stands up for injustice and against war. Yep. It's really put his life out there and should go you went and spent time with Salam Hussein, you know, put himself in arms way, but very
0: few people listen to him. Yeah. So Shane Claiborne, does anyone know who and not know who he is? So he's an American activist guy. He's probably only in his what mid-thirties or maybe forty. been around for a long time. but he, he started off as a, went over to Iraq during the Iraq war as a human shield, I think. Um, and he's, um, he's been known back in the US for, for, for speaking up and speaking out uh, a lot. and But also, not just speaking out, but living out his faith as well. So, we'll um, talk a bit more about that. Not about him specifically, but about what prophets do as well. One thing about Jeremiah too, and about the Biblical prophets, is that They did more than speak out against the rulers of the time. They also spoke for a better world as well. Jeremiah spoke for God's God's vision where rulers cared for those in need. And if you see all through the Bible, there's this theme of God renewing the creation, renewing the world. Right from the, the Genesis story, when you have the creation, the fall and so on, all the way through the Bible, through the the story of Israel, through the the prophets, the coming of Jesus, the early church, the letters, then through into Revelation where it talks about the new creation. You have this theme of God renewing the world and there's this theme of hope and that one day there will be justice, there will be hope, there will be peace in the world. And that's what Jeremiah ached for and that, that was his passion and that's what he really wanted to preach about and speak about as well. As I mentioned before, one of his possibly contemporaries or a person who lived in a similar time as Isaiah. Um, and if in the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah comes just before Jeremiah. Not that that's chronological necessarily, but they're both um, a couple of the major prophets. And Isaiah spoke about a day when God would renew all things, and Jeremiah did the same. And I don't know if you can read that from back there, but is anyone able to read that out? This is from Isaiah 65, when he talks about this vision of, of yeah, a new really heaven course. to the earth. Work. You can't see it because of that? No, just move, it that way. move the, no, move no, the
1: Of a tree, so will the day be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long uh, enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, the lion will eat straw like the ox, and Collingwood will be accursed.
0: I'm gonna say something about false prophets pretty soon. Yeah. Actually, sorry about
1: glasses either. That's right. <laughs> um,
0: there's some comment about was it glasses and being one-eyed as well? Yeah, that's right. um, so that's that vision that Isaiah has, and that's is a similar vision that you see in Revelation 21 as well, about a new heavens and a new earth, where there'll be no more tears, no more pain. And, and the old things have passed away. That's this great vision. This is, In this case, Isaiah, but Jeremiah spoke about it as well. And the, the prophets of the Old Testament all pretty much had that sort of view. They, they spoke out and they screamed and yelled about the injustice of, of, um, that was happening to, to the people. But they also had this calling about hope as well. So there's a few questions I've got for, for us today to look at. This next one, this is what I want to talk about as well. When you think about the biblical prophets and what you know about them, what are some of the characteristics that, that come to mind when you think about people like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Amos, uh, Micah, um, Ezekiel, Elijah, all those people, all those prophets of the Old Testament. What are some of the characteristics of them? And what do, what do you read about them? They weren't well received. They're propheties without honour in their hometown. That's what Jesus said. They were reluctant. Like yeah, yep. Yeah. So Jeremiah, um, Moses as well. Yep. yep. Jonah. You know, can't speak to those Ninevites, you know. Anything else? So they were reluctant. They weren't well received. They often had. Have- Exactly, yeah. And they, they were also seen as a bit odd at times, a bit bit eccentric. You know, um, who was it we was saying before, who laid on their side for, Ezekiel, They laid on his side for, for, was it for a year, I think? And then he put side. Yeah, and just this really weird stuff that yeah. we think of, and, and doing it as, a, as an expression um, of, of, you know, to the people about coming back to God. So they're a bit odd, a bit eccentric. Weren't well received. They were a bit reluctant as well, or more than a bit, often. Anything else? They were obedient. They Yep. Yep. Definitely, they were obedient as well.
1: And often these major longer prophets, they like a dripping tap because the message wasn't
0: So and that they, they basically had to keep speaking, yeah. And the people didn't listen, so they kept. They just said it again, and they kept speaking until people listened. And if they didn't, they kept saying it again.
1: I remember um, earlier on uh, in my twenties that uh, you remember that you. Get <laughs>
0: So one thing about the prophets too is it's, um, and I heard this term used once that they, that they were more prescriptive than predictive. Often you hear of um, prophets being almost like a Nostradamus type figure of predicting the future and you know the end times. This is going to happen, and there's all this stuff in Revelation. Um, the, the prophets of the Old Testament didn't actually say much about that. They did say bits, you know, with, you know Isaiah 53 about the suffering servant and How looking forward to Jesus. happened though, the end times. Um, quite a lot, actually. Right um, but they were more prescriptive, and and when they did speak about the future, it was always in the context of of what was happening at the time now. Um, so we need to be aware of that too. With Jeremiah, you know, we said it wasn't it wasn't well received. One of the characteristics of the prophets too is that what they said was often not popular. Um, it wasn't an enviable job being called by God to, to you know, to. ...say there's going to be destruction if you don't change your ways. There were conspiracies to kill Jeremiah. And when he complained to God about his persecution, God says to him, it's just going to get worse. You know, so, thanks God. You know, um, exactly. He was, he was beaten. He was put in stocks. Um, and then he, he, he laments over the difficulty that speak, speaking God's word has caused him. And he regrets becoming a laughing stock and, and a target of mockery. So Jeremiah is human, right? he's, he's like any of us, he's not a willing martyr, he's not like this you know, I'm going to go out there and, and do it all and, and it's going to be great, he's got his, I think, he had a, I think a healthy sense of self-worth in his sense, he, he, he realised he didn't enjoy being persecuted um, no one in their right mind enjoys that I think. but he's faithful like, like we were saying before and that doesn't stop him from doing what's right. Prophets also are often misunderstood, um, they're persecuted, and their persecution often comes from their own people. I've heard um, people you know, um, in, in, in years past who have spoken out prophetically and said their most damning criticism comes from the church. Um, and you think of Jesus as well. He was the same. You know, the Pharisees, the, the religious people of the day, the teachers of the law, were the ones who, in the end, conspired to have him killed. And Jesus was, um, you know, was God's son. Prophets care more about God and the things of God than anything else. They show that the ways of God are counter to the culture. And they speak into the culture in a way that cuts through all the, all the crap and all the rubbish and goes straight to the heart of, of what needs to be said. Prophets are not nice people in that sense of it. They're not people pleasers. They will just say it like it is and, and they don't care about reputations, particularly their own reputation. And they'll often say what's not popular and they'll tell us often what we don't want to hear. There's a, there's a term that's, um, that also I heard used some years ago which was that people like that, they, they comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. And they, they do that in a way that, that cuts right to the heart of, of, of what's really going on um, in, in, in the people and in the culture at the time. So they're courageous people as well. In that sense of disturbing the comfortable and comforting the disturbed, it reminds me that God is interested, I think, more in our character than our comfort. And God is a God of comfort. And we heard that before when, when, when Carol spoke as well um, about her life and how she's come to view God. But God is more interested in, in who we are as people than our comfort overall. That's an interesting thing, uh, thing to remember. Prophets reveal the character of God. They, they reveal the heart of God who comforts the outsider, includes the excluded and loves the unlovable. And so they speak out so strongly against injustice because they care. They have this passion for God's heart, for justice. They're prepared to look stupid because of what's right. And they have an overwhelming desire to bring the people back to God. And in a sense, they they sort of feel for God. You know, you can imagine God weeping over the injustice that happens in the world. And the prophets do that too. Jeremiah, known as the the weeping prophet. So thinking about that stuff, of their characteristics... um, as you see in the Old Testament, there's a few questions here. <coughs> what, what aspects of Jeremiah do you see in Jesus? Um, what are some things that Christians are called to be prophetic about today? We had a bit of uh, a few comments about that before. Or what, what are some movements that um, that we could find out about that, that we or that you might know about, might even be a part of, prophetic type movements in today's culture that we could be a part of as well? So, give me some. Some responses. Firstly, what aspect of Jeremiah do you see in Jesus? Weeping. Weeping, yep. <laughs> Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Countercultural kind of cultural sort of thinking. Countercultural kind of cultural thinking, yep. Yep. Again, not, not well received. <laughs> you know, um, Jesus spoke out. Jesus was, you know, a very prophetic figure as well. Spoke out against injustice and... Said the first will be last and the last will be first. So speaking about in a sense judgment, but also hope as well, hope for this this new kingdom that he was inaugurating. Did he,
1: did he also
0: thing to say that the Pharisees were very respected people in their culture in their time. And so for Jesus to speak out against them, it's like, well, you know, who are you to speak out against these people? We we like the Pharisees. But Jesus said no, you know, and he he called them sons of hell, you know, and and pretty um you know pretty direct things. what are some things that we're called to be prophetic about today, you think? To speak out about injustice? What, what sort of injustice do you think?
1: Well, the poor against, the rich, but the richer and poor
0: getting
1: poorer. Yep. Very similar to the days of Christ and the days of
0: Jeremiah, the foreigner, the mm-hmm. refugee, Yep. Um, the widow, and the orphan. <clears throat>
1: yeah.
0: Yep. So asylum seekers is one thing. Yeah. It's movements like Love Makes a Way, you heard of them? They're a group of, of Christian people who visit um, the offices of MPs, and they have these sit-ins. Without they'll, they'll go to an office of an MP who has, um, who they think needs to do more or say more about asylum seekers and the way they're treated. And they'll sit in the in the office in the foyer of the office of the MP. They'll sing songs and they'll pray, and they won't move till the police come and move them. And a lot of them have been arrested, um, but they've and they've they've, they've had their stories in the media. Um, because because they've because they've they got this non-violent form of protest and it's ma- it's effective and it's um, it's made made the news. So while, while Jeremiah was prophesying this coming destruction um, of of the of the uh, the nation, there are also other prophets as well. Other prophets in in. Um, to a prophesying piece, like we were saying before, that everything's, everything's fantastic, everything's going to be fine, everything's positive, let's just be positive and not worry about this, this, this other stuff. And if you look at Jeremiah chapter 6, 13-15, I'll read this out because it's a pretty small print. It says, From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practise deceit. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They don't even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. So Jeremiah is speaking against these, these prophets of, of peace, if you like, saying that it's not all going to be fantastic. This is really bad. No. So he's just, And, and when, you, when you hear people say that, you think, well, come on, let's just... It's almost like don't tell me the facts. Tell me, tell me a nice story. We we don't want to hear the facts. It makes us uncomfortable. But Jeremiah didn't worry about that. Jesus also spoke about false prophets, always told the people what they wanted to hear. So, true prophets are often unpopular and get themselves killed. Now, think of people like um, we're talking today about um, Martin Luther King, Oscar Romero. This guy called Victor Jara, who was an El Salvadoran guy back in the 80s, I think it was, all spoke out prophetically and were all killed for what they did. Um, You think of people like Gandhi, who wasn't known as a Christian, but spoke very highly of the Sermon on the Mount, killed for what he was doing for speaking out prophetically. Um, People today, uh, others like um, Dorothy Day, back in the 70s and 80s, a Catholic activist, Um, Heidi Baker heard of Heidi Baker, um, who speaks out uh, about a lot of stuff these days as well. Um, Who was the other one we mentioned this afternoon? Yeah, Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. um, Again, killed for what he was doing. And was was opposed often by the church in Germany at the time as well for speaking out against the Nazis. There was another woman that we um, mentioned today as well. (laughs) Mark <laughs> no, no, no. Well, Sorry, some some people might say, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, the Chinese, the Nobel
1: Prize.
0: Yeah, some other woman I was thinking of, but it doesn't matter. But but people like that who speak out against things and speak speak against um, what's happening and against injustice, but they also speak about hope for a coming day as well. And people like that often uh, are persecuted and even killed. So no one wants to be unpopular, but the the prophets show us that being popular matters less than doing what's right. In the end, doing what's right is what matters most to them. Going back to Jeremiah himself, you think of the persecutions that he he had to go through. After he prophesied that Jerusalem would be handed over to the Babylonians, um, the king's officials, including this guy called Pashur the priest, tried to convince King Zedekiah that Jeremiah should be put to death because he was discouraging the soldiers as well as the people. And so you think the, the way of the prophet is so often against the ways of military power. And you think of today, like if you go to America, you speak against the military, it's like blasphemy. You, don't, you just don't do that. The prophet is never on the side of empire. He's always on the side, he or she is always on the side of the poor and those who are being oppressed. What happened with Jeremiah then was that Zedekiah answered that he couldn't oppose the soldiers, and so the king's officials, his, his officials, took Jeremiah and put him basically down a hole where he, where he sank into the mud and was left to die. The intent was to kill Jeremiah, to let him, to let him die, by allowing him to starve to death. But he was rescued um, and pulled out of the hole, and he remained in prison until Jerusalem fell in 587 BC. Interestingly, it was the Babylonians, the, the, the empire at the time, who released Jeremiah and showed him a lot of kindness. And they allowed him to choose a place of his own residence um, and they treated him very well, which is quite ironic um, as well. So we can No, not really. No, it's um, not quite, Grant. Um, maybe to Hawthorne yesterday, but um, not quite to, to Collingwood. So Jeremiah... I think was a good man. I mean, he complained to God. I think, like certain like I have, and um, but I think like a lot of us do. But I think the ugly was that the stuff that he had to expose it was it was about the stuff that he was called to speak out against. The difficult job that he had. That was the ugliness. Was the injustice and the way that the poor immigrants were being treated. probably were seen as, as anarchists in a way they didn't they weren't so, well, respectable and you they're
1: the same prophets
0: prophets, you say well they're speak it's this is what they're, they're called I mean anarchists are probably a bit different More but they, yeah, yeah that's right yeah, yeah. Um, but ultimately being I'll say prophetic comes out of a passionate and, and an, it's an ache for, for God an ache for the ways of God and, and a real passion for God's love and God's justice to be shown in the world. And Jeremiah showed that and he lived it as well. And the thing with the prophets, they, they overall they live out what they preach and don't care what others think about them. They're prepared to put everything on the line because nothing is more important to them than the ways of God. They're sort of people who eat, sleep and breathe the kingdom of God. They're a bit um, maybe zealous, a bit fanatical maybe as well. And they make us often feel uncomfortable because they cut through all the rubbish, um, all the all the stuff that that we, the baggage we put around. And they're not, you know, they're the, nice sort of middle-class Christians often, if you like. Um, they don't worry about reputations. If you think of someone like Jeremiah and the prophets um, of the Old Testament and prophets today, I guess the thing I want to leave with you is that they're not always these prophets of doom, but they're prophets ultimately of hope. The reason they speak out and get so angry about injustice is because they they see it. They have a vision for a better day, a better way, and they have this vision that in the end, God's ways and God's kingdom will be established on earth as it is in heaven. And they are ultimately prophets of hope. And I want to leave you with a comment from one of my favourite people. Um, figure from about 50 years ago Martin Luther King who said that the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends towards justice so there's that hope there that ultimately justice is coming and there is a better day we struggle today we we suffer today in so many ways but there is this hope that, that we know is coming and we see glimpses of throughout the world when we see the poor being fed, when we see justice being done um, in, in little glimpses, and one day it'll come and it'll be here fully. So I basically just want to leave you with that, and that's that's Jeremiah, and that's um, he was representative of the of quite a few prophets in the Old Testament um, who all who all spoke about pretty much the same sort of stuff. and had unpopular jobs, unpopular callings, were resistant in a lot of ways, um, but they were faithful as well, and they they were eventually and ultimately people of hope. There. Any other comments? Sorry. Well, the, the,
1: the, the takeaway for us is, is as a community, we can choose to either be like the Jeremiahs or the people of Jeremiah's slogan. Yep. And that's the challenge for us as individuals, isn't it? We know that the people that stand up for justice yep. and
0: I think, to be honest, I think a lot of us, we, we often choose the both. You know, there are times when we speak up and we have courage. There are other times when we don't have courage, and we we, we want to keep the status quo because it's comfortable. I know that in my own life. I, I've done it and I do it. Um, and it's a matter of, I think, for me, it's a matter of, of turning to God, surrendering to God consistently and becoming more and more Christ-like so we can have more courage and be people of courage who grow to be prophetic and prophets of hope ultimately as we grow. But we're going to fail, we do fail, um, but that's where there's grace as well. And, uh, leave it there.